record if you're not recording and we are recording here okay uh, before that we have uh, some housekeeping to do uh, first the uh, project deliverable that i talked about in the last class um, the final project is of course due as part of the final exam because that is the final exam um, but I would like you to get started on it first, which is why I said I would like you to create a draft so you have words on paper and you're not just staring at a blank screen uh, on the last day and wondering what to write. Uh, so that draft will not be graded. I just want you to show me what you're up to and then I want you to add to that draft uh, after each session. Uh, so whatever, like one or two um, you know, points that you take away from each class, you can start adding to those notes. Um, and, you know, by the end of the semester, you'll have a very comprehensive document. And after that, all you have to do is just type it out into full sentences. Um, when would you like to submit that draft? This would be considered a midterm. I can't make air quotes with my other hand. Where is my other? Here we go. Midterm. Uh, I know you guys have existing midterms. I, I will tell you what I expect from this. This should be no more than one, maybe two pages at best, about the same length as the session notes that you're already making, um, that each host makes. Um, not the last week of November, Sakina. Uh, and so you'll have one and a half to two pages uh, where you have to first have the project title, what product you're working on, uh, then a brief secondary research thing, you know, maybe one or two paragraphs about why it's this product and, you know, what does the existing research out there say? Uh, and then um, some bullet points about, you know, this is how I can see applying this or that bias or concept to uh, this particular product. Uh, again, if you weren't in the last class, go back to the recording near the end where I explain what I expect. And again, I will give you some written documentation as well. Uh, Mid-November seems like a good idea. Uh, it's a little longer for my liking uh, because I also want to give you the second reflection paper that would also be due, you know, I, I want to space them a month apart each. The last one was due on the 19th. So maybe a similar date like 19th for the next one. Uh, so. I don't want you to do work, to be working on two things at the same time uh, that are also due at the same time. So uh, Abir says not until the ninth. I like the ninth better than the 15th because then I can also add in, you know, if the second reflection paper is due on the 19th, for instance, you still have 10 clear days or two weeks to work on that. Um, as I said, this is going to be ungraded. Uh, Okay, eleventh, and then people have midterms on the sixth. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. Ju I just want you to put words on paper. So I'm not marking this. I want you to get started on something. Muslims, I don't know. Someone has a paper on the sixth, and someone has a paper on the twelfth. Uh, this is why democracy is a terrible idea in situations like these. There's no fixed. So. Uh, two weeks sounds fine for ungraded. Let us do, uh, 
Okay, so as with all the assignments, this isn't a, a hard deadline. You can go above or below. As I said, the final thing is going to be graded after the you know fine. This is a final thing, so I just want you to have something on paper. So I'll keep it as I don't know the thirteenth or the fourteenth. By which time you can just put some words on paper, and then if you need extra time to add to that, by all means you can do that. Hello, Ali. Welcome to the video gang, which includes Sabi and Lela and me. Um, right. What date did I say again? Did I say the thirteenth? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah, the thirteenth. So let me pull up the slides also, and hopefully they work the way I intend them to, uh, as they did the last time. Now these slides are pain in the ass to make because I have to align everything uh, to fit on the screen next to me. And this time I haven't done the fancy colors and everything either. And it doesn't even fit. So uh, this is going to be a bad class. Uh, and now I see that it's reflecting in my eyes as well. It does hurt my eyes as well. Um, I don't like this. I'm going to change the color. Sorry about that. Um, but while I do that, let me give you something to work on. Um, first, we have some very, very important stuff to deal with. Uh, we have to decide our official logo for the class. And Mahi uh, put this poll on Slack and there was a split opinion here. Uh, I think it was about 40, 60 or something. So we're going to have another poll. Uh, yes, and it was a very bad poll. Uh, we're going to have another poll live in this class while we have everyone here so we can finally decide once and for all. Uh, I will pull out the actual poll so you don't have to write in the comments. Uh, this poll, however, also has um, another question attached to it, which is, well, how do I get rid of this? Um, we are going to have a guest speaker session um, with two guests. I will send you more details, of course. Um, the problem with that is that because of time zone constraints. Um, we're going to have to schedule it outside of class timings. Uh, and I would like you, I would like to ask which times work best for you. It will be an optional session um, because it's outside of classroom times, but we will have uh, very, very good speakers, two of them in fact, in the same session. Uh, I will send you the details about the topics they will speak on. It will be fantastic for learning about the real world. Uh, and so I would strongly encourage you to come. Uh, so it can be either the coming Thursday or the coming Friday. So Thursday or Friday. And then the time has to be a little late. So 9, 10 ish PM. Again, I don't expect you all to attend uh, because of that time and date. I would encourage you to. And so, uh, do we have a there we go we have a black one now so we're officially in dark mode uh, so we will have two questions on this poll that i'm going to give you one is to vote on the logo and the other is to vote on the time uh, i'm not looking at the 
chat right now. So here we go. There's three questions. I forgot I added a third one. But these are the results, I think. Are they the results? Yeah. Can you not vote? Okay, now. I closed the polling, so I don't know. It says it's in progress. Can you guys not vote? Okay. Now. One is red and two is yellow. I don't know if you can, uh, you can't see. One is winning by a landslide here. Okay, so we have our logo decided. And then we have most people voting for Friday. And they're, and I suppose you guys are indifferent between 9 p.m. and 10 p.m. I, I think nine is the decent thing to do, but people have dinner time at 9 p.m. So 10 is allows you to get done with all those things. Okay, also we have 10 duck-sized horses marginally winning. Um, we still have two people left. Okay, these are the results. So we are going to have the red logo and we're going to do it at Friday 9 or 10 or 9.30. Uh, and then you guys prefer to fight 10 duck-sized horses, which is odd because I don't think that's easier than one horse-sized duck. I think you can outrun a horse-sized duck, but you can't outrun 10 duck-sized horses. Uh, then again, uh, I asked you to fight and not flight. So maybe that doesn't matter. Uh, okay. Today, we are going to, okay, wow, it just fits in perfectly right up until the end. So maybe it's not going to be as bad. Uh, today, we are going to discuss the article first, then uh, some individual social and institutional factors that dominate um, online shopping. Then we'll have some more biases, our old friend heuristics and biases. And finally, if we have time, we'll do a little bit of what it means to be looking at reviews online as well. Uh, so let us start with the article that was how online shopping makes suckers out of us all. Um, what is the one line summary of this article? Kya kena chahe? I know Sabi is the host, but Sabi, you don't have to answer until someone else answers first. Yes. I know for a fact that Sabi read it. I want others to chime in as well. Econ guys make shopping a stock market. That is as beautiful a summary as I have ever seen, Mahesh. Uh, and Minhal forgot about the readings. Uh, that's fine. Like I said, you can do half the reading. It's there to you know sort of prime you towards what we're going to be doing. Big Brother is watching you is another uh, interesting take. 
Uh, and we will have a session on data privacy on or why it matters or doesn't matter that Big Brother is watching us. FBI guys are always spying. Uh, interesting choices of words because we're all primed to think about FBI and people are watching in Big Brother and how it's so, so scary, uh, which I personally don't subscribe to, but we will discuss that. Um, Article mein wo do teen baatein kar hai, as Mahi said, it's uh, more of an economics paper for all my econ majors out there. I hope you learned something about how even the field of economics is changing thanks to online shopping. Um, did someone want to say something or? No, I got to hear something. Okay. Um, Sabi, why don't you give us a summary as well? Okay, so the article mainly focuses about the changing trends that online shopping or shopping overall faced throughout the years for example initially it was like in person individual shopping like you go to a market people would individually sell you things as like depending on the person then as we entered like the 2000s the early 2000s so it became of more like an online shopping for the masses like there was everything was available and you could like you had to sell everything to the majority and now after like 2013 and 14 it's again becoming individual shopping but over here the prices that usually websites set they're based on your personal uh, like preferences your shopping trends and like how much time do you spend on these websites so all of the data like the big brother he actually knows that uh, like what do you do and what are your habits so mm -hmm. like it's become more of a like a business too you know like these companies shop for users now not just the other way around uh, you're quoting one of the lines yeah. from the article that they're comparison shopping us instead of the other way around uh, so yeah that's a very succinct, succinct summary um, and uh, as Bisma says in the chat there's no one price anymore uh, there used to be no one price before that as well. Uh, by the way, Sabi and I are wearing the same colored shirt, so we're properly co-hosting <laughs> this one. Uh, so um, centuries ago, or even decades ago, or even in some markets these days, uh, there was no fixed price. You uh, quote the price based on the person in front of you. So if you ever go to... Um, Hafiz Center or uh, Zainab Market or places like that where it's all about haggling and negotiating. Uh, if you look rich and you sound rich, then they will quote you a higher price than if you aren't. Um, and I've seen that happen if I go somewhere and then I, instead of me, I send uh, my driver house help. Uh, it's always like a few hundred rupees difference from the initial price that they quote. Um, and so we move from that to one price for everyone, which is what retail stores are. Prices are on there, labeled with uh, You pick the thing you want, you know exactly how much it will cost. And then, you know, you go to the checkout and everyone says pays the same price. Now, however, we're moving back to individual pricing, uh, which is where it says individual versus communal. So now prices can be set according to, again, who you are, what you look like, what you sound like. Uh, but more importantly than that, what is your behavior prior to coming in to purchase that online? Um, so in a way, we've moved from democratic power in buying stuff to 
having power for the consumers because you can comparison shop to having now power to the retailers because now they can comparison shop you. Um, and that individual level is where psychology comes in. What is it about you and your psychology, your behavior that makes you uh, choose one thing over the other? Um, it's not how do people shop, it's how do you shop. A lot of economics is based on what is the combined behavior of a society or a country or a group of people. Now we have the data to find out what is not the combined behavior of people, but what is specifically your behavior and how can we target you to you know, show you the things that you want as an individual rather than as part of a group. Um, the second thing that he talks about is now we have better data. If you recall from the last class, I had a chart here that had a y-axis and an x-axis. It had um, research methods on there. And the y-axis was uh, behavioral insights versus attitudinal insights. Uh, I should have put it on here. The difference being that if you want to find out what people think, what people say, you want to look at their attitudes. And that's a different set of research methods. But if you want to know how people behave, then that's a different set of research methods. Now, previously, if you had to send surveys out, you had attitudinal data. I, um, in the article, he says we had surveys that said, um, given these options, which option would you pick? And then people are like, okay, I have these price options, these products, I'll pick this one. But what people say is not what people do necessarily. Um, and so your behavior, your decision-making changes when you're actually in the store. Um, online or offline. So now we have better data to find out not what people's attitudes are, but how they actually behave. What is it that you are buying despite what you said or didn't say that you would buy? And that better data, thanks to technology, is leading us to, again, the individual insight. So we have individual behaviors. Previously, we had communal attitudes. This is what a group of people think about something. Now we have individual behaviors. This is what a certain individual actually does, thanks to the power of technology. Uh, then we have uh, system one versus system two. Um, remind me what system one and system two are. Now would be a good time to ask. Should I go? Yes, please, if you want to. Okay, um, Ali, that's good. Hello. Uh, Hello. Am I audible? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sabi, I see you are taking um, revenge of sorts. <laughs> but yes, thank you for yeah covering me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was suspiciously fast, Sabi. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, system one, I guess, was when you, uh, which uh, it is sort of. Um, an immediate response, innate response, built-in And system mm -hmm. two is where you actually think and rationalize an opinion and then do, so, do something. So I guess it was yeah. that, or am I switching mm -hmm. the two? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. uh, Avir said in the chat, system one fast, which is, you know, the perfect three word summary. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, thank you, Ali. Uh, and thank you, Sabi, for choosing to cold call. Nobody ever yeah. does that despite all the power you have as host yeah, to do I so. I did have to take revenge, obviously. <laughs> what is this thing that you had to take revenge on? Uh, 
uh, and I had to cover for him. So you know, he had to answer some of the questions. Ah, uh, well, that's not revenge. I guess this is <laughs> reciprocation. Yeah, I, I prefer to think of it as being more wholesome, uh, or maybe it is. So, um, system one, because of the way it's structured, uh, because it's fast and unconscious, it's not possible for us to, you know, go really in depth about each and everything, each and every decision that we make online, and that applies to shopping online as well. If you go on the Raz at any one moment, um, you'll have. I don't know. You search for. I'll give you an example of my own. Uh, I wanted to buy a soap dish from Amazon once, and I searched for soap dish, and now I have, you know, thousands of results. Even if I don't look at the thousands of results, I have, you know, still maybe twenty or thirty soap dishes that I like, and they all cost between two dollars and five dollars or something, which is expensive for soap dishes. Um, and now because of all of these options i have to choose i have to engage in system two thinking um, to figure out which one i want maybe if i have only three options then you know i use system one one is as good as the other uh, the amount of time you have available online increases exponentially compared to if you're in the store um, in the store you have cues like i'm tired or it's loud or it's noisy or it's 8 pm and i have to get home for dinner and the decision making process is there you're also limited by what's in front of you and what those prices are. When you shop online, it's a completely different uh, or somewhat different way of thinking that you're deploying because there aren't any time constraints. You have all the options in the world and then some, you're not limited by what's in one store. You have all the other stores online as well. Um, and there's no time limit, as I said, and you can see that if you don't like one thing, there's always another thing. In a physical store, you're limited by four or five options. Um, and because of that system one thinking, we fall prey to a lot of biases, some of which we'll cover in this class. Uh, one of the ones that they mentioned in the article uh, was the left digit bias. Uh, what is the left digit bias? Uh, you can still cold call and you can still cold call Ali. There's no limits, but Sabi, you can answer that yourself or have someone else answer what left digit yeah. bias is. So the left is a buyer is that usually when you go to stores, if thing is for like uh, four dollars, you know, four hundred rupees, they usually round it down to three ninety nine or uh, like three dollar ninety nine. So basically, like whenever you're buying something cheap, especially which is isn't like doesn't hold a lot of significance, you usually don't even go uh, forward than the first digit. So like in the article, it also mentioned like for expensive things, it did not work exactly. But for mm -hmm. like cheap products like everyday bread, um, eggs, etc., this made a huge difference in like the sales. So that's a right. I think everyone should thank Sabi for not cold calling and volunteering to answer that question himself. But yes, the left digit bias is the 399 value cheese or 199 or uh, whatever. And uh, there's always been a debate about does it work or does it not work? Uh, and the answer as it so happens is, it depends. What does it depend on? It depends on what you're buying and what the value of that product is. And as Sabi says, they find that in grocery stores with low value items, $1.99, $2.99, it does have an impact. But if you're buying a car and it's 39,999 versus 40,000 doesn't have the same impact because you're looking at it more holistically. Um, 
And more importantly, for bigger purchases, you're also engaging in system two. Um, when you're faced with a jar of jam, then 49 cents and 79 cents doesn't make as much of a difference. But if you're shopping between two cars, then you're not making a snap decision as you're standing in the aisle of a grocery store about which one you want to get. You're doing the research and that's taking multiple days, if not weeks and months. And so the price or you know the left digit bias doesn't hold, again, thanks to system one versus system two. So the takeaway from all of these is one, that we have better data, thanks to technology. That better data helps us understand people's behavior, behavior. Um, and that's what this class is about, behavior online on social media. And because we engage in system one thinking more often online, as opposed to their offline equivalents, um, we're more likely to make errors in judgment. Um, one last thing that uh, he talks about is the example of Netflix. And he says that demographics are getting out of style. Uh, previously, you could make some reasonable assumptions about demographics. So people who are men aged between 20 and 30 and live in Lahore have this preference for this particular product. Um, and even as I say that, that's a very wide net. Um, that definition describes all of the people in this class other than females, because I said men. men. Um, but even if that describes 10 people in this class, we still probably have 10 different opinions about the product that we're talking about. And so a better way to group consumer behavior uh, that we can now do thanks to technology is not through demographics necessarily, but through behavioral um, factors. Uh, they're called psychographics, um, which is how people think about something rather than, again, what people say or who they are. And psychographics could be, um, let's say Ali and Sabi are the same age, the same background, same gender, all of those things. But Sabi really, really, really likes motorcycles and Ali really likes cars. Uh, and so when you're deciding a choice of transport, and even if you have the same budget, Sabi will opt for a completely different product compared to Ali. Um, and that has nothing to do with their demographics, it's more to do with their psychographics about what they think, how they feel when they get behind the wheel or get on a heavy bike or something like that. Um, and we can capture that information online based on your web browsing history, based on clickstream analysis, like I mentioned in the last class, what you're searching for, which sites you're visiting, which groups you're going to. And that's why Facebook is so popular because it can uncover things about your behavior that wouldn't normally be possible otherwise. So if I am, um, I don't know, part of the, um, tell me a group that's popular on Facebook or a general purpose group. What sort of groups are you guys in other than LDF? Uh, let me think of any I'm part of. I know if I've liked uh, foodies, Okay, that's a good example. Foodies are us. If I'm part of Foodies Are Us, uh, and if I've liked a few food pages, then I am more likely to be a customer of Chite or Food Panda compared to someone else who has exactly the same characteristics as me, um, but is not 
part of that group. And so instead of using my demographics that, okay, men aged between 20 and 30 in Lahore like food, they're also targeting individual preferences that this person has an expressed interest in food. We can see from his behavior that he's interested in food. He's visited all these food pages. So we know for sure that if we send an ad about food to this person, they're more likely to uh, click on it or view it because of the personal relevancy. There we go, another buzzword. Because of the personal relevancy of that ad to this person, because now we can match consumption to behavior. Um, Leila asks why we're using system one more in online shopping since we have more time to think. What is the answer to that? There's no um, points. Should I answer? It's a two word answer that we all know. So you can answer or I can answer. It depends. Thank you, Hafsa. Uh, I tell you, those are the magic words. Uh, it depends on what you're shopping for. Um, when I say shopping, it's a bit of a misnomer here because I don't necessarily mean that you added 10 clothes to your cart and now you're deciding which one to get and then you you know check out and do those things. Uh, consumption doesn't have to be shopping. Consumption could be something as simple as um, which movie you choose to watch on Netflix, um, which thing you click, which um, video you click on, which ad you click on. Um, and because you, you're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, um, sometimes you're engaging in system two thinking depending on the product and sometimes you are not, especially on things like Food Panda, um, where they have upsells at the last screen. Uh, you have everything you want and then you know they'll have a pop-up that says, would you like to add a Coke to this order? Or I don't know, a bucket of fries. It's only 49 rupees. And you're like, sure, why not? You didn't want those Coke cans or fries, but because they're there and you know, and, you know, you're done with the order and you just want to get rid of the pop-up, that's where system one thinking kicks in and you're like, tika, tika, kardo. Um, so that's, you know, again, it depends. And, uh, another reason was that uh, there's a limit to how much uh, a person can get uh, like absorb information. So after one point, you like get fed up of the system too, thinking like, achai, ya, achai, ya, like you should get, get this over with. So that's also an, a reason like some people might say okay, ya, ya, and like they prefer system one thinking because mm -hmm. nowadays like there are so many deals, so many discounts, you have a lot to process. That's why yeah. system one thinking can also mm -hmm. you know, prefer. And technology amplifies that. Uh, remember the medium is the message and in the very first class or the second class, I think we discussed how the volume of information has increased so much that it's not possible for you to evaluate every single option. And that system two thinking can convert into system one thinking after a while. Uh, if you go and have a regular order at McDonald's, you don't have to decide each and every time which burger you want, you know what you want, and that's automatic thinking. Um, peer pressure of deciding fast, says Mahir. Uh, peer pressure is a whole different ball game. Uh, let us take a break here for five minutes or so, or seven, the usual time, and we shall reconvene. Uh, I'm sure you all have nostalgia about the coca and all of those things, but some songs, I, I enjoy the song as much as the next person, but 
you know, it really depends how much you've heard of it before coming into it. Uh, there's Adat that falls into the same category. There's Wonderwall that falls into the same category. Uh, there's a couple more that I forget. Okay, let us resume. Um, and we're making good time here. So that's nice for once. Although I'm sure I'll fall back in line very soon. Uh, now I have to scroll through all of these slides. Okay, so, so far we've discussed the article um, and um, that was part one of our lecture. In part two, uh, we're discussing some of the individual social and institutional factors uh, that dominate online shopping. Um, when I say individual, social, and institutional, um, I'm referring to how we interact uh, or how our behavior changes when we're in each of these three categories, not institutional as much. Um, can you still hear me? I've lost. Yeah, okay. Um, so first, because this is psychology and most psychology is at an individual level, um, we're discussing these four things that happen when you're consuming content online. Again, I say online shopping, but what I really mean is online consumption, which can be non-tangible things. It doesn't mean you add something to cart and check out. It could be just what you're doing, what you're consuming online, um, physical or digital. Uh, consumption can even mean, as I said, like movies, it could mean education, what courses are you looking at? What uh, sources of entertainment do you have? You, you could be consuming a song, for instance. Um, so the first thing about individual uh, aspects is that we have mass reach and personalization. Uh, again, going back to our first lecture, uh, previously you could only choose between one or the other. You could personalize a message and send it to just one person, or you could send the same message to a mass of people, but it's the same message. Now you can send mass messages that are also personalized. So to Sabi, I'll show one ad, to Lela, I will show another ad based on what their preferences are. And both of them will be personalized to exactly what you were searching for, um, which is why you get the uh, targeted ads on Facebook. You search for a new, mug and then you start getting ads for that mug those ads are personal to you and also you're part of a mass uh, group of people that they're sending that ad to based on their browsing history um would you say this is ethical asks ali we will have an entire session on that so uh hold that thought and might just be your session because you swapped with sabi and uh that's one of the last sessions we have. <clears throat> so you'll get a chance to ask that question. Uh, then the fact that we're always on when we have technology. Um, technology means that we are always available anytime, anywhere. We can use it whenever we want. Uh, and so you have greater motivation, ability, and opportunity. Not necessarily motivation, but definitely more ability to be looking at things uh, when there's an entire superstore in your pocket anywhere. What that means is that um, compared to offline buying, when you're going only on the weekends or a specific you know, time, there is more friction involved in going and you're more likely to engage in system two thinking because you 
I don't know, you have a, a shopping list that you're going with and you have purpose and you have a fixed time after which you have to get back online because it's always on, it's frictionless, you have access to everything. And so that's why you have um, the sort of behavior Minhal and Hafsa talked about earlier. Uh, we have more shopping addicts now because shopping is easier now because we are always on and shopping is always available now. Um, and that leads us to emotional states. When you are at a physical store, you have a different set of emotions compared to when you have always on access in your pocket on your computer uh, to shopping sites. Um, right now, some of you might be feeling bored. Some of you might be uh, you know, distracted. Some of you could be angry or upset at something. Some of you could be really happy because of something you just saw on social media. And, and so you have all these ranges of emotional states um, and you go shopping online with those emotional states, which makes you, which can modify the decisions that you make. Uh, if you're really, really happy about something uh, and you find something online that you like, that one dress that you wanted to buy forever, uh, you're more likely to click on the buy now button with that emotional state, as opposed to if you were bored or angry, for instance. Um, Minal says she buys something suddenly on a bad day. I compare that to actually having to go physically to the store. I'm very happy right now. I want to buy myself a new shirt. First, I have to get out of my office. I have to pick up my car keys. I have to pick up my wallet. I have to drive to the store. I have to look at all the options, enter. Then I have to you know, know that I have enough money to buy that thing. I pick that thing. I take it to the counter. Whereas online, I could buy it within 15 seconds if it's already in my cart and I have my credit card on there. Um, that applies especially to food, for instance. How many of you buy food online when you're having a bad day and you want to treat yourself? And then what sort of food are you buying? Probably packed with sugar and fast food and all those things compared to if you make a plan to go out with your friends to dine out and then you know the behavior changes. So individual factors uh, depend on how we're feeling, uh, how frictionless that experience is, uh, Ali feels like I'm describing him. Uh, I'm describing all of us, but that's why uh, we take this course because we're all guilty of these behaviors. Um, and so these are things that you feel that you think uh, that affect your behavior online. Then we have social aspects. Now we have our old friend Festinger again um, with his social comparison theory. Um, now think about how Instagram makes you feel. Um, we've already discussed social comparisons. A lot of the comparisons on Instagram are upward comparisons. Um, so you're scrolling after post after post, looking at all these people that have a better lifestyle than you. And on that very screen, you have prime real estate for Instagram to also sell you ads about things that you think might help you move up the social comparison hierarchy. Um, I find, you know, I look at someone's posts and they're very attractive. Sorry, filters where I like, they're having a great time. They're having a vacation, uh, manicure, pedicure, all of those things. Uh, and then I get an ad for discounted tickets to a holiday destination or I don't know, 20% off a spa visit or something. So first 
I'm feeling bad about myself because of all these upward comparisons that I'm making on Instagram. Um, and then on the very same page, after two scrolls, I'm also getting ads for all of these products that will help me make me feel better about myself and maybe reach the level of the person that I'm comparing myself to. Um, and that's where we get into the emotional states, the micro emotions here. That's very unlikely to happen in person, physically. Why? Because we have more control over when we go to the store. If we're in a bad mood, we probably won't go at all. And then when we're at the store, uh, we're able to see people in front of us. Um, we're able to see what they're doing and we're less likely to make faulty comparisons. Uh, there's very few people who will go to uh, Al-Fatah or Imtia store and start thinking about, oh, how, you know, up, making up, upward or downward comparisons because you're focused on the task at hand compared to when you combine Instagram and comparisons with the, uh, where is my hand? With the uh, shopping experience. Um, so the purpose for you to go to Instagram is for entertainment and that entertainment turns into comparisons, faulty comparisons at that. And then you're also being advertised to on the same space. So your emotions are affecting your behavior um, specifically about like social uh, comparisons. Uh, the second thing is shopping as a social activity. If you go out shopping with friends, you're more likely uh, to change your behaviors because of the people surrounding you. You don't want your friend to judge what you buy or how much you buy or how much you pay for something. Um, and so, um, and especially if you're about to buy something really stupid, someone can stop you, one of your friends can, and you don't have that luxury uh, when you're shopping online because it's just you and your phone and your emotions. Uh, so again, the surrounding social factors uh, modify your behavior. Um, and uh, I hope you guys have people who stop you from making stupid purchases. Uh, um, din, din, din. Online shopping is for impulsive shopping. And Subbies does not have good friends, clearly. Um, all right. Um, people here uh, have very mixed friend friendship circles here. Uh, all right, uh, and then we have institutional factors, which we'll have a whole class about with data privacy, but essentially uh, what we're doing here is that we have experimentation at a large scale, which goes back to the article that I assigned you, which Minhal did not read. Uh, sorry, Minhal, I'm calling you out, but I'm sure there's others who did not volunteer to divulge the information that they did not read the article. I will send it further in advance next time. Um, and before I get into this, I would also like you to appreciate both Sabi and Ikra, who got a very small lead time to prepare for their sessions uh, on relatively difficult topics as well. Uh, Mahir usually has the clapping emoji for the host. I would like like two of those for both Sabi and uh, Ikra. Yes, virtual applause. Uh, and then physical applause as well, there we go. And Sabi also has the virtual applause emoji here. <clears throat> uh, 
Right. So um, we're conducting experiments at a mass scale, um, thanks to online data, the data trails that we leave behind. Uh, and why that's important is that um, these methods have more validity than, again, if you asked a survey, for instance, because they're actually showing us what people are doing instead of what they say they will do. Uh, I can see what you're browsing on, what items you opened, how long you were on that page. <clears throat> and that information is far more valuable uh, than me asking you, would you buy this thing, yes or no? Uh, so those methods have more validity. We have all that data to do these at a large scale. So we don't have problems with sample sizes um, because we're not hoping that, oh, maybe you know we have a customer base of 10 million. And if we send out a survey to a thousand people, it might help us understand the behavior of 10 million. You can do those experiments on all 10 million people at the same time, instantly get those results and then do another experiment the very next day or even the next hour or the next click instantly until you get to 10 million individual preferences. Um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing um, is a debate for one of the later classes. Um, the other thing is also live experiments. Um, I had a guest speaker once in one of my graduate classes who came from YouTube. And he said, we're actually building ads specifically for you um, based on this model. Let's say an ad has five parts. There's a start, there's a middle, there's an end, and then there's, you know, maybe, let's simplify, it has three parts the intro, the middle, and the end, you know, five second clips of each. Um, YouTube now has algorithms that will pick which type of ad you like, and then change those three parts depending on your preferences. So um, as an example, let's say I like ads that have high action, like maybe they're advertising a movie and I like explosions and boom, boom, dish, dish and someone else just likes you know, very catchy dialogue. So they'll have the same intro and the same end for both of us, but they'll swap out the middle part depending on whose profile it is that is viewing that ad. And so they'll have five different versions of the introduction, five different versions of the middle, five different versions of the end. That makes it 15 different clips. And they'll piece together three of those clips to present an ad that is specific to you and you only. Um, Netflix ads on YouTube are like that. They do this a lot with movie ads, so I would not be surprised if Netflix does that, but I'm talking about changing this live. So Netflix might have five different ads and they say, okay, to these five groups, we will send these you know, five different ads. Here, I'm talking about piecing together an ad from 15 different clips and you get shown three of these clips, depending on which sort of introduction or conclusion or middle that you like. Um, and that's simultaneously very scary and also very cool, I think, um, because YouTube has what matter of milliseconds where it decides whose profile it is that is opening the video and which set of ads, which set of pieces of ads we can combine together live to show that person. Um, right. Now we'll get started with biases, our old friend from lecture three, I think. Um, and some of these are particularly relevant to uh, this session. I left out the ones that were talking about consumer behavior specifically. Um, 
we'll do two of these and then we'll take our second break and then we'll come back with the rest. Um, first of all, we have the endowment effect. Does anybody know what the endowment effect is? I guess it's uh, up here, but does anyone want to elaborate on what this means? YouTube only shows Lena Chai ads. Interesting. I think everyone should in get a an ad blocker extension. Uh, I I open YouTube on my office computer, and it's very jarring to see that ads are still a thing. And now there's two or three of them. Um, so yeah, back to the question. Endowment effect based on this definition. Does anybody want to take a stab at what this might entail? I hope the English here is relatively straightforward enough. There's, there's some, I don't think there's any complicated words here, but combined they have to make sense. The opportunity cost says this one, not quite. Um, let me illustrate with examples. Uh, Sabi, you were going to say something? Yeah, uh, like I think, I don't know if I'm correct or not, like every item that we see, we like because of our experiences or past experiences, like we we get an idea okay, this should be worth this much. Like mm -hmm. it's an individual perception that everyone has of, and for every other item. And it might be the same, it might not be the same, but when so, like a company asks you more than that, I guess that's that's where the you know the conflict confliction comes. Mm -hmm. Is that the endowment effect? I'm not sure exactly. Um, sort of, uh, but also Lela uh, says it nicely, you rate your objects higher. Uh, what that means is if, if something belongs to you, you think that it's worth more than if something does not belong to you or you don't have an investment in it. Uh, this comes from this experiment that they did. Uh, I guess I'll have to put myself out of the way here. Um, I don't know if you can see the bottom part here, uh, but let me explain. Um, so they gave a coffee mug to two different groups of people. Can you see this, by the way? Because I can't see it on my screen. Can you see the whole chart? Okay. Um, and so um, to one group, they said, here's a coffee cup. It's yours. How much would you like to sell it for? To the other group, they said, there's no coffee cup for you. Uh, how much would you like to buy that coffee cup for? People who didn't have, um, can you see my cursor? If I move it around? Uh, I, I suppose not. Um, so for people, okay, so the right column is, I can, oh yeah, thank you, Hassa. That's a great idea. Uh, so these guys did not have a coffee cup. They weren't given anything and they were asked, well, how much would you like to buy it for? And they said, well, 2.87 is a fair price for a coffee cup. These guys were given a coffee cup. They were told it's yours. This is yours to keep. How much would you like to sell it for? And they said $7.12. Now, the cup is the same. There is no inherent value, uh, you know, pushing you one way or another for how much it, it should cost. But this gap is explained by these guys saying that it's my cup and I want a greater amount of money to part with this cup. Uh, and these guys thinking it's just a cup. It doesn't mean anything to me. So I have, uh, you know, I'll put in a lesser amount of money for this cup. Um, the reason being that this cup is mine, but 
this cup isn't. Um, uh, let me show you a different example. Uh, this, I think, is something we can all relate to for every time you've ever uh, tried to sell something. Uh, Hafsa loves cups, she mentioned in the Slack chat as well. Uh, this difference between the price you expect to get and the price everyone else wants to pay is called the, uh, the endowment effect. Um, and so if you have a used car, for instance, uh, here we go, selling used cars and phones, um, because that car is yours and it's been there with you for, you know, 20 years and you've had some great memories with it and you think, you know, it's driven you everywhere. The value of the car increases for you because it's yours and you've invested time, money, emotions into that car. But when you take it to the car market, um, it's just a car for the buyer. So they don't care about what all you've invested in it or where it's been, to them, it's a more objective decision that this car is worth this much. Um, and this leads to the idea that it's harder to give up services that you've personalized. We're talking about investing time, money, emotions, that sort of thing. Um, what if you invest in something like Spotify? So I have all my playlists on Spotify. Uh, a better service comes along that's cheaper and still offers me all the same great perks. But now I find it hard to give up Spotify because it's mine. I've personalized it. It has all my playlists. There's more friction in me moving away from something else. Um, and that gives Spotify an edge where, um, you know, they successfully had me invest in the product, uh, customize it the way I want to. And now it's harder for me to give it up, uh, which is why you'll see a lot of free trials that say, come on in, try this product for free. And then why don't you add your profile picture? Let's add a few friends now. Um, let's have you upload your first picture here. Let's share that picture. And that by that point, you have invested much more in the app than if I just said, here's an app, do you want to use it or not? Now it's yours, it has your name, your face on it. Um, Instagram is a great example of that. You've invested in making yourself a whole new, you know, we have a nice pretty gallery. You've uploaded all these pictures. If I come to you and say, why don't you use Flickr? It has all the same features. It's hard for you to move from one to the other because Flickr uh, before you've signed up is a blank empty slate and Instagram is yours. You've personalized and customized it. So it's hard for you to get off of Instagram. Um, two fake Netflix accounts, Hafsa. Uh, what is that story? I would like to know as I move on. Uh, okay. Uh, next we have the concept of loss aversion. If you have studied economics, behavioral economics, it's a very popular concept there. Uh, there's a complicated definition and then there's a simpler definition. The complicated definition, here we go. The disutility of giving up an object is greater than the utility associated with acquiring it, which is a lot of words that make little sense unless you engage in system two thinking and try to understand. The easier way is the pain of a loss is greater than the pleasure of an equivalent gain, which is only slightly less complicated and still complicated. Let me illustrate as it's the best way to learn. 
Um, we've all had this. Uh, someone mentioned cookies in the chat. Uh, easier to gain, harder to give up, sort of, really. Um, but um, someone mentioned cookies, and I'm sure we've had, we've encountered this situation. Lena, I'm, I'm sure everyone loves cookies. Most people love cookies. Many people love cookies. Um, so the happiness of getting the last cookie when there's only one left or the last slice of pizza, which happens a lot, uh, is outweighed by this. Even though it's the same cookie, it's just the one cookie, but this loss of that cookie weighs heavier than the gain of that cookie, um, even though it's the same cookie. So uh, one of the ways they illustrate this uh, with economics concepts is that um, I ask you to flip a coin. Actually, I flip a coin. Heads, you win a thousand rupees, or let's move up the stakes. Heads, you win a thousand dollars. Tails, you lose a thousand dollars. Would you take me on that coin flip? How many of you would? Heads, you win a thousand. Tails, you lose a thousand. Bisma wouldn't take it. Uh, game theory taught her not to. No, okay. How much would the uh, gain have to be for you to take it? Tails, you still lose a thousand dollars. Heads, like what is the minimum amount you would want to pay? in order to play this 50-50 game. Sabi wants 10,000. Uh, Hafsa also has a factor of 10. Uh, Minal has 50,000. 10 seems to be the general amount here. Um, Moid doesn't have $1,000 to his name. Uh, that's true, then you'd have to go into bankruptcy. Um, but yeah. That difference between how much you would gain and how much you would lose illustrates the loss aversion effect. We go out of our way to avoid losses compared to equivalent gains. So a gain of $10,000 uh, is equal to a loss of $1,000 for people in this class. So again, the happiness of getting the last cookie versus the pain of losing that last cookie is not the same. There's a big difference. This, this is that 10x amount. Uh, that we're illustrating here. Um, they did this with another experiment. Uh, we're into food items here today. It was called the pizza experiment, or I think it's called a tale of two pizzas. And what they did was they had two people, uh, not two people, two groups. There's group one in the build up condition, and there's group two in the scale down condition. Here's what happens. With group one, they say you have a base pizza, it's blank, it costs $5, and you can add 12 different toppings, up to 12 different toppings for 50 cents each. So you start with a blank $5 pizza, and then 50 cents for mushrooms, 50 cents for tomatoes, 50 cents for pickles, olives. Yeah, I can't tell if these are mushrooms, what are these? Uh, Pineapple, shit, why do we have pineapple? Oh, it's corn, okay. I was about to lose my shit with pineapple. Uh, let's pretend this is corn. Um, yeah, with biryani, I also hate 
uh, I don't hate biryani. I don't like biryani, and I definitely hate pineapple uh, on pizza or on salty things. Uh, so you have a blank pizza for five dollars and fifty cents for each topping you add. To this other group, they said you have a pizza full of all of the toppings. There's twelve toppings here, um, and you can reduce the price for fifty cents by choosing each topping to remove. So you're scaling down. Start with an $11 pizza. If you remove the corn, it's $10.50. If you remove the olives, it's $10 and so on. Um, now, objectively speaking, you would imagine that you get the pizza that you want based on how many toppings. Only difference is in one, you're removing the toppings, you're losing them. And in the other, you're gaining the toppings. So you're adding them. And they find that people in the adding up condition built cheaper pizzas than people in the scaled down condition because here they're experiencing a loss. You have that fully built pizza. How many toppings do you want to remove? They'll say, okay, maybe one, maybe two, maybe three. Uh, and I'll keep the rest because it's already there. Um, and with this crop, it's the exact opposite. I have a blank pizza. Which toppings do I want? Okay, I like tomatoes and olives and uh, mushrooms. So I'll add these three and I'll forego the rest. So in one, you're building up. In the other, you're scaling down. Um, and that's where loss aversion comes in. The pain of a loss is greater than the pleasure of an equivalent gain. The pain of losing those toppings um, is you know, more than the pleasure of an equivalent gain. And uh, yes, Moid, it has absolutely everything to do with the status quo bias. We like the things that we already have, and it's hard to give them up. The only difference is here, we're talking about gains and losses. Uh, in the status quo bias, we're talking about change in general, like default state, current state versus a different state. Here, we're talking about gains and losses. Um, Visma asks, this is upsizing at McDonald's for only 30 rupees. Uh, not quite. This would be if I told you that uh, you've bought a meal for 500 rupees, that's an upsized meal. Would you like to save 30 rupees and have a regular sized meal instead? That uh, that will result in a different behavior to if I ask you if you got a regular sized meal and would you like to upsize it for 30 rupees? Because you've already bought, quote unquote, bought. I hate that my quote fingers don't fit. Again, this is the third time, there we go. You've bought the upsized meal and now I'm asking you to downsize it. And in the other condition, you bought the regular size meal and now I'm asking you to upsize it. Um, how that affects us though is uh, so we've talked about the tale of two pizzas um the pain or the the pain of losing an account or data or quitting a service is greater than the pleasure of joining it so again if i ask you to quit social media which i did so it's not hypothetical that pain or that task is more difficult than if i ask you to join a service and then build your way up towards that and so you're increasing the cost of switching by asking people to invest in that product, by giving them that free trial again, by telling them this is yours, this is yours to keep, uh, you know, add your photos, personalize it. And now if I ask you, well, should I take it away from you? Now you're like, Ab to ye ho mera. So now it's harder to give up. Uh, I do have a Netflix example here, since we were talking about Netflix trials here, you can watch Netflix free for a month um, and after that month, it's learned all your TVs and 
shows, uh, you've, you have a wish list on it and it's giving you good recommendations as well. And now it's hard for you to give up Netflix um, because you've invested in it and that, and that pain of losing Netflix is greater than the gain of $10 that you would have uh, if I had asked you that at the start. Also, so there's um, an interesting thing about Netflix. Uh, whenever mm -hmm. your payment is due, so basically it starts showing more recommendations than usual. There was a study where it says it starts showing things that you would probably want to watch instead of what you're already watching. And mm -hmm. it, exactly when you click on it, it says, okay, you have to subscribe again now. Yeah. So this is also uh, a very interesting thing about Netflix. I suppose none of you have done this, but uh, I will... I signed up for a free trial for Amazon Prime for like a one-time thing. And then when I tried to unsubscribe, that was a, a journey to behold. It was like full of dark patterns. I had to do at least five pages of clicks asking me, are you sure? And then they also switched the buttons. So yes, no, and then I say yes, then they'll switch it after on the next page to, you know, and, and the loss aversion thing is there in its full glory. Um, so they, instead of telling me, oh, you know, this subscription costs $15 and I'll get those $15 back, it says, here are all the benefits that you lose. You won't have free shipping anymore. You won't have access to music and movies anymore. You won't have uh, two-day shipping anymore. This is like a good list of 15 odd services. And this is all the things that you will be losing uh, if you quit now. Um, <laughs> Mahir, uh, We've all been there with forgetting to unsubscribe. I, I put a reminder on my calendar uh, up to a year in advance. Uh, is it good or bad? Uh, that's why we have the new Slack channel. Uh, is it good or bad? Uh, good for them, bad for us. Uh, but that's exactly what we're going to be doing in our project as well. So we're going to take another break here. Sabi has a fantastic choice of song for this. Uh, so this is all Sabi, don't blame me. And it's not Baby Shark, no, it's not. Uh, but uh, let us come back in another three or four minutes. It's about as bad as Baby Shark. Sabi is shaking his head.
guess who's back? Uh, that's the last choice. Yeah, I was going to say back again. And then I realized that wasn't a Backstreet Boys song. That was an Eminem song. Uh, so I stopped my tracks there. Uh, I'm sure there's a Backstreet's back. Well, no, that's, that's called Everybody Where This Sing, Backstreet's Back. Uh, so I knew there was a connection there. Um, Moid wants you to go into Slack and do the recitation while a survey. Uh, I saw there was still like 50-50, which is the worst result possible you can have. Some of you want to include the recitations as part of like class time and others want one extended session at the weekend. Um, so help him figure out tiebreaker there. Um, I would recommend doing it in one go. Um, class time, please. Weekend should be weekend. That's a tough, uh, I can't argue against that minute. Weekend should be a weekend. I agree with that. Uh, but then also class time is one hour, 50 minutes, and I don't want you to exceed that time as well. Uh, yeah, and then there's too much in class and you can't focus. And then Hafsa says it's her fourth class. So I'd rather you do it once on the weekend and not every weekend. So a, a middle ground is that uh, we cover these 10 or 12 sessions in one class on the weekend. And then every one or two weeks, uh, we can have smaller in-class sessions. So just get that one big one out of the way. Uh, and it'll help if you start on your projects as well, because that way, uh, you know, you can start taking notes about what Moed is going to be helping you do is basically three quarters of that 13th November Wala document. So just do it in one go. Uh, but I leave that decision up to you and Moed. So I have, again, no uh, preference there. Which weekend asks Minhal? Uh, entirely up to you. Uh, and, and again, I, as always, everything in this class is optional uh, and it will be recorded as well, uh, as always. So uh, actually, before I share, Sabi, do you want to share the results of the yeah, survey? I'm going to do it. I hope everyone did the survey. So uh, I guess there's like 18 people who would have been doing the survey. Okay, we have eight responses on one. 62% uh, of you chose A and B, uh, 37. Okay, A and B, sure. What's the other one? And now no one chose C, of course. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm, can you go back to the first one? Yeah, sure. 55 and 62. There was no C, says Minhal. Ah, well, that's where the fun begins. Uh, here's what we are going to do. Um, yeah, different forms of the survey for different people. Um, we have a control group and an experimental group in this class. Uh, what we just saw was an example and I'm not, I didn't process the results in my head as clearly as I would like, uh, as I'm, I feel the late time and 
dimaagh ki khichdi pakna wala as well so i'm going to pretend the results are what i wanted them to be all along uh to uh one group of people you got this survey where you have an option a and an option b and you choose between uh, let me just tell you what happened when they actually did the survey you choose between one or the other um here your choice could be based on whatever preference you have so some people will want to pay the extra 100 dollars here for the extra storage and other people will go for the cheaper option with the lower storage depending on your needs but if you add a third option here uh which was the second version of the survey now when you add player c nobody goes for player c thankfully because we had zero people choosing player c player c is both more expensive than player a and has less storage than player a so between a and c clearly c is the worst option because it's costing more and it's giving you less so then you have again the option between a and b but in this version of the experiment more people choose a than if you only gave them a and b why because with a now you have a comparison point with this it's just based on what you need do i want to spend the extra money or do i want to get uh you know less storage now when i add a reference point that's dominated um pe more people select a and i think some uh, in your results as well i know we have a small sample but it was like 62% selected yeah, a right. in this condition and 55 otherwise um yeah so now you know that uh, c is worse than a but that makes a look better than b so you're choosing so the c option here is called the decoy and this is an example of the decoy effect uh here we go yeah uh which is that people tend to have a change in preference between two options when presented with a third option that is asymmetrically dominated for all the game theory people here asymmetrical domination is what happened between a and c that on both of the metrics we have a is definitely better than c but when you add that c option more people now prefer a compared to b uh, compared to if there were only two options to begin with um so here is another example of that uh you have two options for popcorn 3 dollars and 7 dollars with these options you choose between how hungry you are because there is an appreciable price difference between 3 and 7 and small and large but if i add a third option in the middle now clearly the 7 dollar option is better than the 6.5 dollar option because you're getting more popcorn for a fraction of an additional price but now more people will choose the large one compared to the small one because of this medium option the medium option does not exist to be sold it exists to make the large option look better um again going back here you choose what you want to choose based on how hungry you are and how much money you have here you are now leaning towards the large because it looks better than the middle option and nobody goes for the middle option messing with our minds says mahi yes uh in real life you have many examples of that apple does that a lot so here you'll have 
16 GB for 229. And this is an outdated example that I picked up, but they still do it or they used to do it. But then for only $70 extra, you can double the storage. And then for only $20 more, you can quadruple the storage. So between the 32 GB option and the 64 GB option, people will choose 64 GB because it's only, uh, oh, it's $100, hold on. So like, if you were only given 16 and 64, people would decide based on how much money you have. But when you add the middle option there, yes, it's 100, but my, I misread. Uh, then more people will opt for this one. So, uh, and this doesn't have to be necessarily about storage either. Uh, if you remember once upon a time, they had the iPhone 5C, which was a cheaper plasticky version for, I guess, $600. And then there was a nicer version, the iPhone 5S for $800. And then the older iPhones, the 4 and the 4S. Uh, I don't think they expected to sell the 5C, but the 5C makes the iPhone 5 look better. Uh, they've come out with new iPhones uh, a few days ago as well. There's four options. Um, and again, um, the differences between those options, there's plenty of people saying, well, why would they have uh, these four options? And they're similar in price, but also different in features. Uh, one of those options, I forget which one, I guess the iPhone 12 Pro, uh, is absurdly priced for the features that it's giving you. But I think it's there not to be sold, but to increase the sales of the 12 Pro Max because compared to that, it looks better. Uh, and so, you know, people throw in these options. Uh, and again, because this is the psychology of tech, the illustration here being that it's easier to do this with technology uh, than if you did it offline because system one thinking. Um, then we have a very simple concept, the concept of scarcity. People place higher value on items that are scarce. Whenever there is less of them, something, more people want it. And you see that happen all the time. The very simple one example that we always get to see, this is from Daraz. Flash sale ends in two hours and 47 minutes and 38 seconds. And then there's a timer going on. And so now you're like, oh, if I don't get this right now, I'll never be able to get it. Uh, they've created a scarcity of time here. One time, limited time offer only. Um, here's another example. Uh, only one left in stock, order soon. If I don't get this right now, I might miss out on it. I want it. I don't have time to think. There's no time to engage system two thinking about whether or not I really want it because there's only one of them left. And if I don't get it now, I might lose it forever. Loss aversion be agi because gaining that phone um, has lesser value than losing the opportunity to get it. Uh, and there's scarcity that if you don't get it within the next X amount of time, or if there's only one left, then you're never going to get it at all. Um, I was speaking to uh, someone who's running a restaurant and he's like, if, if there's one thing that I've learned in this business is that uh, when you tell people that this uh, And so they run these stupid deals all the time that illustrate that uh, if you want people to buy stuff, tell them you can't buy it and then they'll buy it because now it's a challenge. Secret menu items, yes. Um, this one I found particularly funny. This was an iPhone 
being sold an 11 Pro being sold for a few thousand dollars. Uh, the only difference is that it has this Apple logo at the back. And do you see the tiny black thing here? This black thing inside the Apple logo. Uh, that they claim is a small piece of Steve Jobs shirt that they've cut and put inside the Apple logo. And there's only nine of these. And they tell you that there's only nine of them, model number one of nine. So now this iPhone is scarce because there's only nine of them. And it's exclusive because it has a piece of Steve Jobs shirt and people, oh, it has a signature as well. Uh, and people are willing to pay to the order of five or six times more than what it originally costs. Um, so summary being people are irrational, they are stupid, that includes me and you. Um, and the online shopping world tends to exploit that to its full potential. The last one we have here for today, uh, Minhal asks if Apple needs more money. Uh, we all need more money. I can tell you upward comparisons. Kash, agar main 90,000 kamata meri zindagi asaan hoti aur jo 90,000 kamata ho kehta agar main 1.5 lakh kamata to life set ho jati aur jo 1.5 lakh kamata ho kehta agar 3 lakh hote to you know it would solve all my problems so we all need money uh, because money is a goal in and of its own not what it's buying you but just a it's a gamified way of living life mera high score ye hai ki maine itne kama liye um the mean exposure effect is uh, the tendency to express undue liking being the keyword for things merely because we're familiar with them. Um, you are familiar with, uh, I don't know, you keep seeing an ad online for something and now you slowly start to develop a liking for that thing simply because you're familiar with it. Kuch pata hai is cheez ke mein. Um, if I ask you to choose between an iPhone a uh, Samsung phone and a random Chinese company called Hinkua Sing phones. Uh, the Hinkua Sing phone might be better in every sense of the word, um, but because you're not familiar with it, you might not choose it. Uh, and we'll see examples of not particularly related to uh, online shopping necessarily, but the point being, you were absolutely not interested in Hinkua Sing phone. But I keep showing you ads for it over and over and over and over again every now and then. And now you, you're familiar with it because you keep seeing it and now you've developed some sort of liking towards it compared to an, another option. Uh, it applies on songs and celebrities as well. Um, you hear Baby Shark a lot in this class. I hope you've developed some liking for that at some level, maybe, yeah, yes. Uh, Sabi is shaking his head vigorously, but I know that you like it. Uh, you will have a some feeling associated with it because of its familiarity compared to wheels on the bus, which you don't hear as often. Um, this would have been a great time to actually play it, but I missed it. I, that boat has said. Um, but then also repeated advertising. Uh, but the question is, does it always work? Does Baby Shark always work? Does seeing the same ad on YouTube 15 times in a row always work? Um, we've covered some of this in What Makes Things Go Viral in the Hitmakers Valley book. Does it always work? You tell me. Uh, Minhal says it depends. I don't know to which part of it. Um, but 
it depends. There we go. So we have an it depends for this as well. What does it depend on? We also on the one hand, we're saying that uh, we like things that we are familiar with. Uh, and so it would make sense to keep on repeating things to make us familiar with those things. And on the other hand, we are also saying that we hate things that are repetitive, like Baby Shark uh, or the same ad. Maya says, Hafsa, there we go. We like things that we are familiar with, but also we want some novelty because otherwise it gets boring. So most advanced yet attainable. Um, again, familiar, but also surprising. So repeated advertising, U-Phone, for instance, someone mentioned they missed the U-Phone ads. They follow the same pattern. So the familiarity is the same actor and the same punchline, the same, you know, funny ads. But what's new is changing the joke or the setting. Um, so you're familiar with that actor and you already start developing a liking for that brand or that ad. But then also you're not being shown the same ad again and again, you're swapping out the context. Um, same with YouTube, I'm imagining that's what they do. They'll have four or five ads prepared that are similar, but also different enough for you to uh, you know, still pay attention. Um, songs by the same artist, for instance. Um, people say that all, I don't know, all Linkin Park songs sound the same. Um, if they were literally the same, no one would listen to them. Uh, but they're also just the right balance of being familiar enough for you uh, to listen to them, but also being a little bit new. Uh, so uh, mere exposure effect, you know, it doesn't work all the time if you keep on peppering people with the same thing over and over again. Uh, and then Sabi, I'm, uh, you have discussion questions for us as well. Uh, you can pull them out and I'll quickly cover this last slide here, which is on reviews. Um, we tend to buy things online uh, for lack of other, uh, you know, identifying factors, we tend to use reviews. Uh, not so much in Pakistan, I suppose, because nobody reviews stuff. But two key findings that we see are quantity over quality. Someone said that in the chat in a different context, which is that something that's rated 4.7 stars with 12 reviews versus something that's rated 4.3 stars with 10,000 reviews. People don't necessarily go for the quant the quality of the review, uh, as long as it's close enough. They go for how many people have reviewed it. And that's an example of the bandwagon effect happening here. If 10,000 people have rated something 4.3 stars, I prefer that over 12 people rating something 4.7 stars. Um, and the reason for that is again, system one versus system two. If I ask you, uh, do you want to go to this new restaurant? What do you base it on? You Maybe you enter it online on Google, Google Maps maybe. And so you're looking at I have a friend who does that all the time, extremely annoying. Every time I ask him to choose a restaurant, he'll open it on Google Maps and be like, and I'm like, why does that matter at all? And I'm like, don't get the burger then, or this is just a picture. Or, you know, if they have professional photography, it'll be like, oh, it's a pizza slice. Um, 
And I think that's all of us at some point where we don't have enough information to use system two processing. So we'll just go at how something looks rather than how something tastes. And then again, with reviews, how many people have reviewed it rather than what that review actually says or what it is. Um, so that is that. Savi, what yeah. do you have for us? Okay, so this is mostly for the people who like shop a lot and like online shop. I think Minhal said that he, uh, he shops a lot. So like, I wanted to ask like, what is it that attracts you? Like what, what is so addicting about online shopping? Because I personally, I don't think I've ever bought something online except for phone panda obviously but like for like items or something i don't think i've ever bought something online so like what is it like what's so addictive about it visma okay, says it feels like a present it's easy uh, also easy says hafsa Nina can shop at 4m no sudden consequence uh, we'll do a class on choices Lela, so we can explore more about choosing between options. Easy and convenient seems to be the dominant. Yeah. So like while some people did say like there is multiple options, but convenience is I think the main thing here. Mm -hmm. It's a frictionless experience. You have more ability in opportunity because of how easy it is. Okay, so like given what Lela said, like there were too many options, but for some people I feel like it's actually a, like they prefer too many options. So I wanted to ask uh, how many options are actually too much? Like uh, there is a certain point where you say, I have bust over here and just screen them. So like, where, when do you reach that point usually? And to like, what extent would you go to, you know, find the best product for yourself? For hours. I'm slightly disappointed no one has said it yet. <laughs> there we go, Yadizas. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yes, Nina went for the more elaborate option. Um, but yeah, it depends. What does it depend on? Uh, Nina says it depends on what you're looking for. So Lena, would it be like the price of the item or the importance of the item, for example, like a clothing brand or for headphones? So is this what you're saying? Ali spends an hour deciding food, price, mood. I feel a lot of people say price, but I don't think uh, that's what people say and that's not how they behave. Yeah. Uh, for example, if I ask you, there's one product that's very expensive and uh, it has fewer features than the competition, uh, and it's harder to get. And there's the other option, which is cheaper and has more features, which one would you buy? And people will say, obviously, because of the price, the cheaper option with more features. And yet we have a paradigm in which Apple, you know, outstrips Samsung sales in the flagship category, because people say price is important. Samsung offers more features for a lesser price or used to at least. Um, and yet there's that intangible thing that people can't quite, uh, say out loud but you know the what the way they behave is different from the what they say they will do uh factors depends on people to people uh the time mm -hmm. that's with people okay 
okay so like i've seen like most of the people said like the price is also one of the major factors over here so i wanted to ask like given like how many of you are budget buyers like you will have to find the best price no matter what again i think everyone will say that yeah but i don't think it's reflected in real life behavior which is why we're doing this whole class in the first place that now we can distinguish what people say versus what they do uh and then this was actually expected because like you said no one would actually admit that they are an overspender hmm so uh, okay yeah it's i i don't think it's about admitting necessarily like, although yeah, yeah. is admitting <laughs> no no yeah credit to minel but okay so like you said um it's an addicting process so given we all know how like companies use our data and like in recent times that they like in the article you even mentioned they want the user to um get addicted like ali i think also mentioned that is it ethically correct to get it addicted because uh so like how do you guys react to that okay is it good is it a good thing that you're getting data is this convenient actually that good for us that we have everything in our hands or something like that so what are your thoughts on that cost versus convenience yeah it depends says sakina <laughs> i think you should have told us to use this every time I would like you to use this every time or the other one which is we don't know because I think they you cover the all the answers in life can be covered by this um what it does allow you to do is think a little bit more about not being binary okay yes yeah. it happens this way or no it doesn't and you realize that there's a range of options a range of answers depending on the person the situation the context um Ali says, "Depends how much you're willing to spend to save time." Uh, can you illustrate that with an example, either Sabi or Ali or anyone else? What is a context where you would be willing to spend more to save time, and another context where the time doesn't matter, the money does? I guess like when you get a new game and it's out, and you like you have the excitement, oh, I have to play it before anyone else, mm-hmm. or something like that. I guess. or the yeah. food buying food like you have like if you feeling hungry right now you will obviously choose your convenience mm-hmm. ali you have your hand up uh so for example um if i want to get something delivered right like sabhi mentioned so i because of my socio economic status i wouldn't um i wouldn't ha- wouldn't ha- hesitate to spend 50 rupees more than the actual cost to get something delivered because um i value my time because if i went to the restaurant in person i'd have to waste a lot of time but right now the 50 rupees the amount isn't a huge deal for me because of my status so i'd be willing to sacrifice so it's it's a give and take so either you save your time to you spend more money to save time and vice versa yes so, uh, like sorry sir go ahead no no so like that's the main trend that like we have read on and like i have noticed that it's a cost benefit like if you have money you will obviously always save time no matter what that decision is or what the product is in most of the case um it depends it depends uh, yeah. let's end there uh, perfect way yeah. to end it depends all right uh, so three 
things again uh, as i started one next week on friday now we'll have a guest speaker session 9 or 10 pm uh, again i'll send you details the second thing is you have 13th november to submit this one or two page draft of the project again i'll send you what needs to be written in that draft um no the guest speakers are not more lums friends uh, i think you're disappointed with that probably uh, yeah they yeah maybe they have stories i i don't know um and three uh, the revision session which you should coordinate with moit again it's a 50-50 split between weekend and weekday i'm sure you can all play nice and come to a conclusion uh, with that uh all right am i forgetting something i don't think okay yep yeah, that's all and i shall see you on tuesday bye bye